important in the military is something that's always very important to me. People wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? I said, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? I spent two years in the service, and I was proud to be part of it. I wore that uniform with a pride and dignity, just like I wore the Dodger uniform with great character and love. The greatest name in the history of the Cleveland Indians franchise, Mr. Bob Feller. Welcome to the American Valor Podcast. Nathaniel Cameron and Tyler Buckholtz with you, with you here today. On the day after Memorial Day in 2020, we are honored to release an episode we had a few months ago with retired Rear Admiral of the United States Navy, Frank Thorpe. Rear Admiral Thorpe reminds us of the meaning and significance of the concept of valor, a word that Rear Admiral Thorpe reminds us to not take lightly as we remember and honor those men and women who have died while serving in the United States military on this Memorial Day. To many people, Memorial Day means a long weekend, the beginning of the summer, barbecues and parades. Memorial Day began as a day to remember those who lost their lives in the Civil War. The day has since expanded to include all of those Americans who have given their lives in service to the United States military. It has been an official federal holiday since 1971. Rear Admiral Thorpe speaks on many topics, including service as something that transcends the military, members of the military serving to uphold the Constitution of the United States, and his memory of being in the Pentagon on 9-11. Rear Admiral Thorpe served as the public affairs officer for the Chief of Naval Personnel, the Chief of Naval Operations, and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the senior ranking member of the Armed Forces. He also served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, Joint Communication. Rear Admiral Thorpe, we are honored to have you on the American Valor Podcast. Well, I'm honored to join you and uh, I'm humbled by the uh, incredible guests you had on this and, uh, and the mission for which you represent with the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation. So thank you very much for inviting me. Will you please tell us a little bit about your background and who you are? Sure. Uh, uh, I was born in Annapolis, Maryland and grew up in Annapolis. So I was close to the Navy the whole, uh, my, my entire upbringing. And I have three brother-in-laws who really impacted my, uh, my upbringing. But my father was really the, uh, the biggest impact. My father and my mother, from a military perspective, my father. Um, and uh, he had uh, served in the Army. Uh, served in World War II uh, in the invasion of Normandy. He parachuted in with 101st Airborne. And I grew up with an incredible sense of service and, uh, and a sense that uh, doing things bigger than yourself uh, was very important. And my, my mother and father very strongly encouraged me to join the Navy, to go to the Naval Academy. Um, I'm one of these folks who, uh, who went to the Naval Academy because I was strongly encouraged by my parents. And, uh, and it, served, it served me very well. It gave me a lot of discipline. Uh, the Naval Academy is, is uh, not for everyone, but it was perfect for me. It provided me discipline. It provided me structure. It provided me camaraderie. Uh, I thought when I went in, I would, would serve for five years and then get out. And, uh, and every time I thought about getting out, uh, a 
it was just such an incredible uh, opportunity that I was having. I, I never, I never got out until I had completed 28 years and, uh, and there was nothing more for me to do in the Navy. So I, I had the opportunity to work with just incredibly uh, phenomenal people, um, both junior to me, senior to me and my peers. Uh, and that's probably the strength of the Navy and why I stayed in so long. And what I learned the most about was it's all about the people you serve with. Um, I, I had an incredible group of chief petty officers that I was partnered with throughout my career. Um, and I can name every one of them as we, as I go through my career and, and the incredible contribution that they invested in me uh, to serve uh, and serve our country and uh, to make, to be a, a witness to an incredible history over the, the 28 years I served. And, uh, and then I retired in, in 09, went to work in the defense industry, um, really enjoyed my job. I had an opportunity to, to go into the not-for-profit world when I was asked to be chief uh, marketing officer at the USO worldwide. And that was a real life changer for me and really, uh, again, continued that idea of service uh, of supporting others, uh, which leads me to where I am today, uh, working at the Navy, United States Navy Memorial. So going back and talking about your dad was in the military. I mean, you have a real Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump story. Your family served in every war all the way back to the American Revolution. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, um, uh, as I said, my father was in World War II. His father was in World War I. Uh, his grandfather uh, uh, served in the Civil War, and uh, there's an organization called Society of Cincinnati, uh, and uh, to be qualified for that, you have to be the first son of a first son of a first son of a man who fought in the American Revolution, and I am actually qualified for that with one exception, one hitch in it is uh, uh, my uh, great-great-great-grandfather, somewhere back there, is the second son. Um, uh, but uh, service uh, for country, appreciation for who we are, uh, what we have, this freedom, this thing we call freedom, this thing we have called the Constitution that, that, you know, interestingly here in the United States, we all swear an oath to a document. We don't swear an oath to a government. We don't swear an oath to a person. Um, we swear an oath to a document, a document that stands for freedom uh, and, and is what makes this experiment that we call the United States of America um, such an incredible place to live. And so it's, I grew up uh, with hearing a lot of stories about incredible service. Um, I'm actually the fourth. I'm Frank Thorpe the fourth. My son is Frank Thorpe the fifth. And uh, uh, it's just a, it's an incredible honor to look back. I'm, I'm uh, in an office now with, with uh, commissions of my uh, ancestors um, dating all the way back to the 1800s. And it's, uh, it's a real honor for me to have come from uh, incredibly great people who have served like that. We understand that your son serves in a different manner. Please tell us about your son's service. Yeah, my son does serve. He serves in a different way. Uh, my son's a journalist. And, um, and sometimes we call journalism the fourth estate and uh, the fourth part of our government. And uh, my son works for NBC News um, and, uh, and is a, uh, I'm really proud of what he does uh, in order to ensure uh, that 
the American people have the information, the knowledge that they need in order to vote for their elected officials. Um, journalists uh, in this country, um, it, journalism is hard. It's a hard profession. Um, it's hard to get it right. My son is strident on uh, getting, it, getting, putting out the truth and not, the, not anybody's opinion, um, telling the right side, you know, the both sides of the story in a, in a right way. Um, and I, I'd like to think, I, I don't know that he, he got a little bit of that service idea uh, from his upbringing, um, that he is in a profession that he, you know, it, it's bigger than himself. And he really does uh, uh, fulfill that really well. And I'm very proud of him for it. You mentioned the chief petty officers who had a big impact on your career. Bob Fuller himself was a chief petty officer. What did these individuals mean to you in your career? And how did you become involved with the Bob Feller Foundation? Um, so let me first tell a little bit about Chiefs, um, which builds me to why I got involved. Um, uh, my first ship, when I reported on board, I was told by my department head I had a really, really good Chief Petty Officer. And uh, uh, he didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks, and I was a little worried. But what I later come to find out, he sized me up. And, uh, and one day he asked me if he could talk to me. And uh, we went up on the folks and we had a conversation and uh, I look back and that was when he decided he was going to invest himself in this young officer who was probably 15 years younger than he was. And, uh, and he really made a mark on me. And throughout my career, I had that opportunity, uh, that great fortune to have chief petty officers um, uh, working with me who just really were mission focused, um, mentored me and helped me out. So when I got to the Navy Memorial, I uh, started working at the Navy Memorial about five years ago, um, I, uh, I was introduced to Peter Fertig and the group that uh, had founded the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation. And I was just so incredibly impressed with a mission. Um, and I knew a little bit about Chief Feller, uh, nowhere near as much as, as the foundation has uh, provided me the information about. Um, and I've learned a lot more of what he stood for. And what really uh, excited me about the foundation was their incredibly enthusiastic intent to inform the American public about the ideals and the virtues and the, the heroism of people like Bob Feller. Um, uh, the American people, you know, it's important in a democracy for us to know that freedom isn't free and uh and that in our country we we strive to be the best at whatever we can do in any country people strive to be the best uh that what they can do but what makes it different in the united states is is this great freedom we have and and people's desire to fight for it and to give up what they have and um and bob feller is just a uh, incredible example of a human being who who thought that, that the freedom of the country, the freedom of the nation, uh, our livelihood was more important than what was exceptionally important to him, the sport of baseball. And, uh, and he put down his glove and he, uh, he picked up the Navy lifestyle, Navy, uh, a career in the, you know, in the Navy, set out to, to serve in the Navy. And then went on to make chief, which in making chief in the United States Navy is a tremendous milestone. Uh, there's no other... Uh, organization that uh, has anything 
like the role of a chief petty officer where you transition from management to labor, um, you change your uniform, you, uh, you have inherent respect. Uh, when people meet a chief, they expect them to be the expert, they expect them to be respected by their troops, um, and it's up to them to maintain uh, that expectation. And uh, for Chief Feller to have gone ahead and done that, and then uh, I just have the utmost of respect for uh, Peter Fertig, Michael Javali, the folks who have, have given of themselves, um, literally given of themselves for nothing in return uh, to create this foundation um, that uh, rewards people who demonstrate uh, the characteristics of Bob Feller. And, you know, that's what's different about serving in the Navy is that recognition uh, for people when they go uh, above and beyond. Um, and, and they don't do it for uh, money. They don't do it uh, for anything other than selfless service. And, you know, the word valor is important. And uh, to use that, that word in the name of the foundation is bold. Um, and sometimes I, I could challenge, you know, for anybody to use the word valor because we should never take a word uh, like that lightly. But I have to tell you, um, in, the, in the few areas that I would say the word valor is appropriate to be used, such as, for instance, a Medal of Honor recipient or something like that, the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation is exactly the right, the right name for that foundation and exactly the right uh, representation of Bob Feller's life. So we normally ask people towards the end what their definition of valor is, but since we've kind of already gotten there, what would your definition of valor be? Oh, wow. I, I would say that um, valor is an idea. It's a concept. I, it's, um, it, it's, I guess if I was asked to define it, I would say that it is it is common people doing uncommon things. It's, it's people who, when faced with um, a challenge of tremendous magnitude, rise to the occasion and tackle it. And they give of themselves to do it. There is no preserving uh, yourself when you use the word valor. It's, it's giving of themselves, not considering uh, their own being, um, but doing something taking an action for a greater cause. That's a great definition. And to go kind of along with that, you were talking about how there's a chief petty officer who, you know, was scoping you out and then he decided that, you know, someone younger was deserving of his respect. What is something, how, how hard is that for you to come in when you're younger than some of the other officers like the chief petty officer previously mentioned and be a leader? Um, how did you establish yourself as a leader and what kind of qualities go into that? Well, I, the first thing I would say is it's always important to recognize someone else's expertise. And in my case, to be humble about the fortunate situation I find myself in. Um, uh, I've always believed I could learn from other people. Um, I've I've really strived to do that throughout uh, my life. And, you know, one thing about the military and seniority and, and rank is uh, rank represents a, um, 
of where, where you are in the organization, but it should never be considered to uh, consider anything else uh, other than that. Um, I have found myself oftentimes, and quite frankly, most of the time, surrounded by people who are a lot smarter than I am, um, a lot more experienced than I am. And, uh, and what I have, have found about leadership is, is leading people, um, it's important to recognize that they are experts in their field and that what my job is to give them hope and give them the tools that they need to be able to do their job. Is there a piece of advice that, that someone gave you throughout your career, maybe a chief petty officer, uh, maybe not, but a piece of advice that sticks out with you and that you feel like um, was really important as you've lived your life? Um, yeah, I think there's a, a, lot of, a lot of advice. I think, um, I think throughout my, my life as I grew older, the, the type of advice I, I received changed, but you know, as a young person, um, my parents taught me to work hard. Um, uh, and it was pretty much that straightforward, whether I was, you know, mowing lawns or, uh, or doing other things, you know, before I went to college, um, I was expected to work hard. And, and that was the foundation of, of, of anything I was going to achieve. Um, and then as I, as I, uh, you know, became an adult, I think those chief petty officers had a real impact on me that, um, that if I, if I invested in, in other people, um, that would allow them to invest in me and in our mission and not me personally, but in me and what I was going to, what I was trying to achieve. Um, and, and, you know, listening to, to people, um, that first chief, um, that, that I had the opportunity to work with, uh, if I, I, I learned in, at 21, 22, 23 years old, that if I listened to him and I understood what he was saying and, and I understood the advice he was giving me, we were always going to be a lot better off. And the, and the people who the Navy had, uh, put in my responsibility would be more successful. And, uh, and so I'd say listening um, was a very important uh, uh, tool that I learned. And then as I, I got older, I think uh, what I think I had learned earlier became more, more apparent to me. I, I went to work for a gentleman by the name of Admiral Vern Clark, who, um, who, who one day said to me in the first couple of days I worked for him, he, he said to me, he said, Frank, your service matters. And uh, in those three words and how he lived his life, um, I, I tried to emulate that. And, uh, and, and learning that what you do matters. And when you serve, it matters, whether you're in the military or you're a journalist or you're a teacher or a fireman, first responder, um, it matters uh, when you serve. And then I, I think as, as, I, as I went on, I, say, I think the last thing I would, would say would be, um, I had a gentleman uh, by the name of Admiral Marty Chanick tell me one day, he said, Frank, when you drive home at the end of the day, the thing you think about the most is whether you made a difference that day. And uh, you, know, you, you, you don't think about how much money you made. You don't think about 
a whole lot of things that others might say are really important. Um, but you think about what did I do today? Did, did, did my service matter? Did what I do matter? Did I have an impact on people? Um, was my impact positive? Um, are, is, is our world a better place today for what I did today? And so, uh, and that's kind of where I live, live to right now is combining all those things to try to be the best person I can be. And that's a lot like when you come up to a difficult decision, it's all about making the choice where, you know, you can look yourself in the mirror and uh, accept what you decided. What are some things that, you know, people who aren't in the military can do to make a difference on a daily basis? Something that, you know, I could do as a college student or, you know, my, my parents um, or sister, you know, what is something you, the average American could do? Um, if I think I understand your question, um, I don't think, uh, I don't think, service is unique to the military. I don't think, uh, I think in today's environment with the technology that's out there and what's expected of people as citizens, um, I would say that, that, um, that what's most important, whether you're serving in the military or, or serving somewhere else or working for a corporation doing good things and in, in our capitalist society that we're designed to do, I think the same rules apply. Um, the one thing I would say that is, I believe, really great where we are in, in, uh, in this country today is that um, first responders and people who serve are recognized for their service. And, um, and you know, I, when I was in the military and, and now at the Navy Memorial, I still tell people that what's different about serving in the military is people come and recognize our service. And that is so important in this country because we will never pay in this country, we will never pay those first responders, those teachers, the people in the military, we'll never be able to pay them wages that are adequate for what they deserve. And, um, and the reason is that it's just pure economics. And so what's different is holding those people in a higher regard and, uh, and that's where, you know, the combination of we, with the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation and the connection with baseball. Um, I tell sailors quite often that, you know, it, it's a great profession to work for a corporation or work for a company or for a store. I have nothing against it. But Major League Baseball players don't come visit you when you do that. Um, Major League Baseball players go visit people uh, in the military. They go visit first responders. Um, and, you know, that's part of what I so appreciate about um, the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation is they reward that service. And what's interesting to me, having been now to five or six of the events, the big events they have annually, is that it's competitive. There are so many baseball players out there who are committing themselves uh, their time, uh, and they don't have to do that. Um, their time to go out and visit the troops, or in other cases, visit uh, schools, teachers, first responders, or whatever. I mean, just just recently, um, I was just reading that uh, Adam Eaton and, and Aaron Barrett from the Nats went out uh, to Eastern Europe to visit U.S. military troops. They, they, they don't need to do that. Um, and so, uh, 
I think that's one of the things that is different. Um, but having said that, also dependent, right? It's dependent on our society to appreciate those who serve uh, in order to make our country so great. What role is the United States Navy Memorial playing in educating people about service and supporting communities? Uh, great question. So uh, the, the Navy Memorial uh, was opened about 31 years ago. Um, and our mission is to honor, recognize, and celebrate uh, the men and women of the sea services, past, present, and future, and to inform the public about their service. So we have about 300 events a year um, uh, that do that. We're located in Washington, D.C. on Pennsylvania Avenue, what, what some people call um, the, uh, the Main Street of America, because it's, it runs right from the White House uh, right down the street to the Capitol. And so um, we do a lot of uh, ceremonies, um, uh, promotion ceremonies, uh, commissioning ceremonies, retirement ceremonies, uh, and things like that. Um, we have a large visitor center where we have uh, exhibits, interactive exhibits uh, to inform people. Um, we do wreath lanes for the, the more significant days of the year, like Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Um, Pearl Harbor Recognition Day, et cetera. And, you know, it, it's important as the way we look at it um, is our mission, having those three words, honor, recognize, and celebrate. Um, sometimes those words sound similar, but we, we split those words up and we really focus on ensuring that the American people have the opportunity um, to do those three words. And, you know, honor, if, if you look in a dictionary, honor uh, the, the definition is, is to show respect, uh, to show real respect to people. Um, and and uh, rec recognize is to show appreciation. Um, very different than respect, very equally as important, but very different. And then celebrate is to praise publicly, um, is to ensure that we continue uh, to talk about uh, the, what the, the men and women of the sea services are doing on a, on a daily basis. Um, we have a, a, an award that is uh, uh, given uh, by the Navy Memorial for those servicemen and women who um, make a tremendous commitment uh, through uh, their time in the military and then also make a tremendous commitment uh, afterwards. And we're real proud of that award, as well as we have an award uh, that we work with the Navy on, the Dell Black Leadership Award, where we recognize the top Command Master Chief. Um, every ship uh, and squadron in the Navy has a, a senior enlisted person uh, that works there whose responsibility is to advise the commanding officer and ensure for the, uh, the well-being and the professionalism and, and the performance of the crew. And, and we have an award where we recognize the top uh, Command Master Chief in the Navy. So it's those types of things that we, we try to uh, keep a, a very heavy drumbeat going um, so that people in this country continue to honor, recognize, and celebrate uh, the great service of the men and women in, in the Navy, Coast Guard, Marine, and Merchant Marines. It's an honor for the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation to have the opportunity to partner with the Navy Memorial every year. What is that experience like to bring baseball and the military together and to celebrate communities every year? Um, it's a w wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, 
And I have to say, it's one of the, the highlight events of the year at the Navy Memorial. Um, it, it ends up being what I call a love battle um, in that uh, there are some significant groups, different groups of people that come to this, whether um, they are the awardees who have been recognized by their peers or their change of command um, for their incredible service. It's their shipmates um, who are there, who are part of that uh, recommendation for recognition. Um, it's foundation members, some who um, haven't served uh, in the military, but you would never know it because they just have that, um, that zeal, that zest uh, for service and incredible appreciation and thirst of knowledge for the service. And it's baseball, whether it's uh, management or players, coaches. Um, and, and what's fun of, about the event is, is, uh, is one, of, one of the challenges you have at a place like Navy Memorial is shifting from the social reception to the actual ceremony. Um, and then you, and then from the ceremony, the event ends. Well, one thing very unique to the Bob Feller Foundation events are um, as excited as everybody is for the award ceremony, the engagement beforehand um, between uh, baseball players and, and those who serve, um, the interaction, the engagement, you can't hear yourself think because of the excitement and the communication and people talking and engaging and um, it's, it's really nice. And then finally, as we get into the auditorium, um, I think it's the event that we have with the most standing ovations. Um, it is an incredible uh, group of people that are honored um, that are, are so incredible worthy of, of the recognition they're getting as well as the standing ovations they receive. And then it's a group in the audience that, that gets it. They understand the importance it is to this country uh, for men and women who serve, to serve in their community, to volunteer, um, to help uh, mentor people um, and to, to, to be bigger than themselves. And then it's funny when the event is over, we have a 230 person theater and when it's over, everybody stays in the theater and, and uh, goes down on the stage and, and talks. And then uh, the event goes on for many hours after that, as people continue to, uh, to tell, as we, as we say in the Navy, to tell sea stories and the sea stories are phenomenal. Um, so it's a, it's a real highlight event uh, at the Navy Memorial and we're exceptionally proud and honored to be able to host it. You just mentioned sea stories. Do you have a memorable moment in the Navy that stands out to you? Um, so I think this podcast lasts 20 to 30 minutes, but if we have about 20 or 30 weeks, I could tell you those. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, one, that, one that stands out to me the most, um, I guess, would be um, I was in the Pentagon on 9-11. And, um, and that, that moment changed everything. Um, it changed uh, our country. It changed the world. It changed my life. Um, my office, I was not, I was fortunately not in my office um, when it happened. And my coworkers and I had literally just stepped out of the office to go down and get a cup of coffee uh, when the plane hit. And um, it gives you, um, it gives you a different outlook on life when, um, when something like that happens. It, um, you know, we talked earlier about lessons in life and, and seeing how people uh, were affected by that. 
um, both physically and mentally um, affected in their day-to-day lives. My son was a senior in high school. My daughter was a sophomore in high school and, and, uh, and how they were affected and how, and I think that contributed to them growing up to be the incredibly wonderful people they are. I talked earlier about my son, my daughter um, is focused on health and nutrition uh, right now for children. Um, And, and so uh, I think that day, uh, you know, 9-11, 2001 um, is our generations in, in whether you're 20 or 60, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's our generation's life change. And it's, it's something that we ought to continue to think about, about why we're doing what we're doing and are we doing the right thing? And, uh, and our, our contribution to the world, to making the world better. Um, We've been challenged by people who don't like our way of life. And these, uh, these people in their mind had a legitimate reason to do it. And I think we ought to make sure we're open to ensuring that, that we have the opportunity to share this great way of life and, and, and in a way that makes the world a better place. And, uh, and that's a data that what I learned out of 9-11, one of the many things I learned is, is that's an important challenge for us every day uh, to ensure that we both preserve our freedom while at the same time recognize we live in a world of many different people. Um, and, and we want to make sure that, that in the end of the day, um, we stand tall as a beacon of hope, a beacon of example um, for a great, uh, the great world that we can be. It has been a great pleasure, Rear Admiral Thorpe, to have you on the podcast to speak about some of the lessons you've learned from your career. Is there any advice that you would like to leave listeners with? Um, well, first and foremost, I'm not sure I'm ever in a position to, to advise other people and, um, uh, because I think everyone has a, a, a beacon for themselves. Um, but if I was to say, some, say to give a, to share a piece of advice that I try to follow, follow is um, to try to find the good in people um, and use that as an example uh, for how to live one's life. Uh, that's what makes the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation so good because it, it allows you not only to, to look at Bob Feller, but whether people in other services or the recipients, um, just wonderful people. And, and if, you, if, if I try to keep my eyes open and look around it at the wonderful things people do and try to emulate wonderful things that people do, and avoid those, the, the not so wonderful things people do. If everybody did this, did that, um, and everybody tried to find goodness in what they do, um, we can continue to make this world a much, much better place. Rear Admiral Thorpe, thank you so much. It's been an honor. It's been my honor. Thank you all very much. And I uh, appreciate what you're doing with Bob Feller and, and uh, I hope you continue to do it. Thank you. Thanks again for your time. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, maybe, you maybe we can have you back on and uh, hear some of those other stories. I don't know if we have 30 weeks, but uh, we could probably put something in. <laughs> I don't know. Be careful for what you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. It was a pleasure. All right. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. To our listeners, we thank you very much for being part of our educational journey on the American Valor podcast. We hope you're enjoying learning with us on topics such as the military, 
service, and leadership. We encourage you to leave your comments and share that American Valor podcast with others. Our next conversation will feature retired Navy Chief Petty Officer Terry Spain. We are excited to hear Terry speak about leadership in his new book, Just Lead. For Teller Buckholz, my name is Nathaniel Cameron. You are listening to the American Valor Podcast.